and, and at which point we will uh, open the floor for questions, uh, Mr. Conrad. Uh, I've been asked to uh, request that questions from the floor come to us through that microphone that's uh, positioned in the aisle so that your question will be preserved, uh, if not immortalized, uh, on our tape recorder. Uh, my name is Ted Solitaroff. Um, I'm an editor at Harper and Row, a critic. The uh, gentleman to my immediate right uh, is the man whom you've come to hear, George Conrad, uh, the author of The Caseworker, uh, The City Builder, and uh, The Loser. Uh, next to him is, is his very, um, very able translator, um, Yvonne, um, I'm sorry, Sanders. I was going to say Ivan Conrad, which doesn't make much sense. Yvonne Sanders, who, <laughs> who translated The Loser and The City Builder. And to my far right, uh, Mr. Irving Howe, uh, the well-known critic, uh, editor of Dissent, uh, whose political autobiography, The Margin of Hope, uh, is just being published this month. Uh, so that's who we are. Um, I'll start out by asking a question to, to Mr. Conrad, and, uh, and then we can, Irving, I guess, will have a question. So I think the reason that most of us are here tonight, uh, or one of the reasons, is that there has developed in the past five, ten years a very strong interest in East European writing. Uh, of which Mr. Conrad is, is a very um, important, but uh, certainly not the sole uh, uh, representative. And to my own mind, uh, I find it easier to, uh, to relate to much of the writing that's been coming out of uh, Czechoslovakia, Hungary, Poland, uh, Yugoslavia, in the Soviet Union than to, uh, to writing coming out of uh, the United States. Uh, and one of the reasons for that is that I, I feel in East European writing a kind of gravity, sense of weightedness, sense of importance, urgency, uh, incisiveness, that I, I often don't feel in fiction that is being produced in America right now. Uh, and the way I kind of figured out to myself, George, is that uh, in Eastern Europe, uh, very little is permitted to be published, to be disseminated. Uh, but what little there is matters enormously, whereas in, in the West, the United States particularly, everything is permitted. You can say anything you want in fiction. You can, you can put uh, President Johnson on the cover of your magazine uh, holding two dead babies and say war criminal underneath it. You can describe any kind of sexual uh, behavior that your wildest fantasies uh, 
uh, deliver. But uh, in the end, with this tremendous permission to speak uh, where everything is permitted, it turns out that very little matters. And I think that this combination or this sense of contrast between the gravity of East European writing and a kind of vacuity or emptiness of so much of contemporary American writing is one of the reasons that East European writing is, at least to my mind, so much perceived. So I'm asking you if, if you have this sense yourself, of because I know you are well-versed in Western writing, of this difference of urgency, of weightedness that, uh, between the two. And are you conscious of participating in, in a kind of urgent enterprise as an East European writer? Do you want to speak in English yes. or in yes, uh, I will speak in Hungarian, but I uh, would uh, excuse me because my English is very poor. And uh, maybe I begin in uh, English, uh, but I will uh, ask uh, my friend, Ivan Sanders, that he translate what I want to say, then it will be a little bit more complicated. Uh, I agree with you, uh, Ted, uh, that uh, some gravity may be uh, useful for the literature, uh, because uh, literature is a confrontation, and uh, a confrontation of with uh, uh, some uh, non- uh, precisely determined uh, uh, resistance of the word, uh, the object, uh, the other, uh, is a, a very heavy other uh, in our East European societies. So uh, this uh, confrontation of the subject uh, with, with the object uh, is a, uh, a sharp and uh, tensionsful confrontation. Uh, in the case, uh, if the subject uh, wants uh, defend uh, his autonomy, uh, so there is a challenge uh, for the freedom uh, in Eastern Europe, uh, and those who, who can uh, uh, survive this challenge, and those who can handle it uh, with uh, sanity and with, uh, with uh, some force uh, uh, have uh, some advantage. And I would uh, to add uh, that uh, literature in the uh, great uh, periods had always some metaphysical uh, vocation and, uh, uh, and uh, transcendence. Uh, it was the fact of the great Russian literature in the uh, nine, uh, 19th, 19th century. Uh, but uh, uh, also the, the French literature in the 19th century had this, this religion of the career. Uh, the uh, topic of the career maybe is not so new uh, now in the Western world. So it's maybe really exhaustive. Uh, so uh, new confrontations are necessary. Uh, I don't know if uh, all confrontation is a new one. Uh, maybe uh, it is an ambiguous confrontation, because uh, the other, some oppression, 
uh, is a very old-fashioned. Uh, censorship is not a new phenomena. Uh, it's a problem of the 18th century. Uh, Walter had the same problems. So uh, there are very, uh, uh, very familiar sides of our situation because uh, our former life before the war was also a non-democratic uh, situation, so we are pre-democratic societies. But there is, uh, however, something new also in uh, uh, the... Uh, the force and the uh, presence of the state is everywhere. The statist society is a new phenomenon. Uh, people's uh, relationship with the state uh, in this form is not known uh, from the 19th century. And there is also some possibilities, some new utopias which are born in uh, Eastern Europe, uh, Europe uh, which are different from the utopias uh, of uh, the Western world. Maybe the, the philosophy of the democracy can be also renewed in a new terrain. Maybe uh, there, uh, there are regions in the world which uh, uh, gives uh, new uh, sense uh, uh, to the same words. Uh, so maybe uh, the uh, democracy will receive new contents in this uh, world uh, where uh, uh, now only some dissident writers uh, break through uh, the wall of the censorship. Uh, but it is, uh, when it, uh, the uh, gravity is too much, uh, then the literature is dying. When the gravity is too... Uh, too light, maybe then also the autonomy is uh, very comfortable. Uh, uh, so maybe there is a, a medium, and <laughs> maybe we have the chance in Hungary not to be too much suppressed, uh, and however, to, to know what is oppression. Um, what Ted Selatorov means by gravity, I think I would mean by saying that the advantage, a dubious one in some ways for East European writers, is that there is a subject which compels them. They have an inescapable, unavoidable subject. The subject obsesses them. The subject commands them. Um, but you know, this, this is, uh, uh, there's another side of me which uh, rebels a little against this notion, even though I've also said the same thing you said, Ted, and that is that <coughs> If one really took that very far, it would be hard to understand how there can ever be a democratic literature. And uh, we had a great literature in America in the 19th century, uh, an optimistic, transcendent, expansive literature, perhaps the greatest we've ever had. Um, whether there was as much gravity in this particular sense, I don't know. But I have another question, <coughs> um, which because it's complicated, I wrote out. And it uh, assumes uh, that the very thing which uh, attracted you, Ted, to uh, East European writing, in fact, which attracted me too, may possibly be reaching a, a point of uh, difficulty and perhaps crisis. And for this reason, 
the world that uh, people like you, George Conrad, write about is one in which communism is no longer an issue in the way that it was in the political novels of writers like Kessler, Saloni, and Malraux a few decades ago. <clears throat> communism, or what passes for it, is now an established power, a total state, but no serious person in Eastern Europe, or anywhere else for I, as far as I know, talks any longer about communist ideology. No one debates it anymore. Ideology is looked upon as a joke. What you have is simply brute power, perhaps a sign of a turn from a totalitarian to an authoritarian society. It's a world of cynicism, absurdity, hopelessness. At least that's the impression one gets from reading East European writers. You can get along if you keep quiet. You're not obliged to parrot the party line. It's a world of bad faith, of systematized bad faith. Now this offers the writer an opportunity to write with great intensity and vividness, as you have in your way, Kundera has in his way, other writers, about a society ruled by bad faith. But then the question I think has to arise, what next for East European writers? Because the society remains unchanged by any of these novels. It remains because of Soviet power and its own police force. So then the question that occurs to me, and I'm sure it's uh, worried uh, East European writers a good deal more than me, is where does it leave you? I mean, you collectively, as writers. You see, when you oppose a worldview or a false faith, that can be exciting, exhilarating, intoxicating. But when you're just opposing a dull, dead, decadent form of communism in which no one believes any longer, that may be demoralizing. And uh, one can see signs of this in the writing of the East European writers. It's not their fault, it's their dilemma. So the question I want to ask, don't you perhaps reach what might be called a dead end in negation, necessary as that negation may be? Doesn't the work of East European writers suffer from the absence of any credible positives, even though it's hard for them to think of any? Uh, <clears throat> for those writers like Solzhenitsyn who turn to religion, there may be a way out. But for those who cannot turn to religion, it seems to me they are simply stuck in a dismal world uh, about which they can do nothing. And that's perhaps one reason that themes of absurdity crop up more and more in East European writers? Or am I overstating the case? I don't agree completely, don't agree completely with you, Irving, uh, that uh, uh, there is only this uh, uh, pure dualism uh, between a, a dead ideology and uh, the other people who has some truth or freedom and uh, uh, but uh, hopeless. Uh, uh, the uh, communism is not only an ideology. The communism is also a state and not only oppressive state but a state. A state which uh, deals a lot of uh, problems uh, state which has also his own rationality. Uh, there are also trends and uh, 
circulation and uh, distribution and uh, there are rational questions also in a state. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are people uh, who don't believe uh, that they are uh, criminal when they are state bureaucrats. There are good people who are there. Uh, there are reformist people, there are uh, honest employees, uh, uh, there are uh, different ways, there are personal strategies. And uh, there is a variability of the strategies, and all the strategy has his own moral uh, uh, categories and his own moral uh, climate. Uh, this, uh, these are also choice in the personal life. Uh, and uh, sometimes uh, measurable choices. Uh, so what can I lo uh, lose uh, if I do this? And uh, uh, what ca uh, can't I lose? Uh, what are uh, the uh, possibilities, the consequences of my action? Uh, maybe I will be punished with firing. Maybe I will be punished with uh, an arrestation and so on. There is a, uh, an escalation in the uh, possible punishments, uh, so uh, uh, there is uh, uh, a possibility also for people to choose uh, a way uh, which is uh, in some balance with their character. And I don't think so also that uh, it is a completely hopeless uh, situation. Uh, yes, uh, uh, now the Polish case doesn't convince us that uh, the hopes are uh, available uh, for us. Uh, but uh, the question is what to do when, uh, when uh, there is uh, no way. And in this case, uh, there are new ways. And it is the interesting element of our society, of my circle of friendship that uh, people uh, fine and uh, honest and uh, intelligent people do a lot of good things uh, and uh, they have uh, a lot of danger and loss and uh, there are others who who tries uh, avoid uh, these choices and they have also their inner drama this inner drama is maybe the most interesting uh, uh, a problem in Eastern Europe, uh, uh, the, uh, the confrontation of two personality in the same uh, uh, person, uh, the personality of the, uh, of the man of the state, of the state culture, the censor, the <coughs> inner censor, and somebody who wants more freedom. Uh, and uh, this is a perpetual uh, discussion uh, in the inner life. So uh, literature is uh, rich uh, when there is the crime there. And we have the chance that the crime is uh, uh, a big construction, uh, a system crime. So it is a very uh, uh, very impressive uh, this, uh, this institutionalized crime. Uh, so uh, I hope that we will have a lot to reflect. Yes. Mm. Um, 
apropos of the uh, point I start out making, uh, I'd, I'd like to pursue it a bit in, in terms not just of the fact that uh, the, the word is a graver matter, it's got more weight in Eastern Europe because you can go to prison for it or you, you certainly have to consider very carefully what you're going to say uh, if you can only say so much. But beyond that, uh, I was reading your book, George, uh, The Intellectuals on the Road to Power, as it's translated here. You make a very interesting distinction between the role of the writer in the West and the role of the writer in Eastern Europe. Uh, because in 19th century, I, and I, if I get you wrong now, you'll correct me. In 19th century Europe, uh, the writer was fairly well integrated with the bourgeois society. And so you had, as a very important and perhaps the principal subject of 19th century Western writing, the subject of careers. Careers are very important in, in Balzac, they're very important in Zola, they're, um, and uh, they're very important in Dickens and Thackeray. Whereas in Eastern Europe, the literature that developed, particularly in Russia, came from a group whom you, I think you call the, the, noble, the noble aristocracy, or the, in other words, uh, landowners who had not become integrated with the bourgeois because there was no bourgeois, and who felt themselves as sort of the relatively isolated spokesmen of, of the people uh, who, who were unable to speak at all for themselves since virtually none of them uh, could read or write, and that a kind of vocation of, of the writer as intellectual as being kind of the, the spokesman of the people, the teacher of the tribe, you might say, developed in Eastern Europe. Furthermore, that the intellectual as a class, because of the development of the collective society, has had much more of a role to play in the communist state as a class than the intellectual does in our society. We're about the closest the, the writing and literary intellectual tends to get to uh, power is is in publishing, and uh, we know how much power is there. Uh, whereas in Eastern Europe, the, the writer, A, comes from a tradition of, of being a, this figure who speaks for the interests of the people. And because <coughs> of the particular history of, of communism in the 20th century, also has found himself much more implicated with power, and hence has to deal with power as a very real fact of, of his immediate life and certainly of his class's his life. And I'm wondering if, if you're conscious of this too in, in terms of, of trying to figure out what, what you're doing as a writer in, East, in Hungary. Uh, I, would, uh, I would speak now Hungarian, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've driven you to it. <laughs> A cinkos című regényem politikai regény. A politikáról szól, de nem politikai regény. The Loser uh, is a novel about politics, though it's not a political novel. Nem a politikai állásfoglalás számít benne, 
hanem a politikának, mint szenvedének az elemzése. Uh, it's not uh, about politics as, uh, as, a, as, a, as a viewpoint, but uh, it's about politics as a passion. A politika szenvedélyének tárgya a hatalom. A hatalom metafizikai világ. The, the subject of politics is its metaphysics. And, um, and, and that is the world. The, it is the power. Oh, the pa- oh I'm sorry. Uh, yes. Uh, the subject. The su- uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, then I try, however. Okay. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm a translator, not an interpreter. Translate <laughs> him. Uh, the object uh, of this political passion is the power, and the power is a metaphysical uh, word. Uh, and it seems to me uh, that around the power uh, is organized a big variability of the roles. Uh, and uh, as around the money, which is the symbol of the success, which is the symbol of the career, uh, can be also uh, produced uh, this uh, variability of, uh, of strategies, of ethics, of norms, of roles. But maybe it was described in the 19th century literature. I don't know. Maybe there are new possibilities. Uh, I am not a Westerner uh, writer, but it's sure that the power is a, qualita- a qualitative uh, uh, notion. Uh, so. Uh, uh, it uh, can't be measured uh, uh, easily. Uh, there are uh, not only these uh, uh, poor uh, possibilities, the, uh, uh, these poor uh, approaches toward the power uh, against and in. Uh, there are in between uh, uh, roles, uh, in and out. Uh, very out and little in, uh, very in and little out. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, these are also uh, different phases in the individual life. Uh, there are people who were in and who are now out. There are people who were completely out and who are now in. And all these uh, uh, choices and changes has their uh, uh, results and losses. Uh, so uh, the choices, uh, the, uh, the importance of the alternatives in the personal life uh, uh, gives maybe uh, this, uh, uh, this new uh, this new possibility uh, to, uh, to bind the political sociological uh, approach and strategy to a certain spiritualism. And in this kind is interesting maybe Eastern Europe because the the main uh, families uh, of the uh, European uh, culture, the main spiritual families uh, are uh, uh, having uh, an, uh, a rendezvous uh, in the democratic movement. Uh, for example, the, uh, uh, the religion, uh, uh, look at Poland, the new spiritualism, a non-violence resistance, uh, 
the liberalism and the socialism, uh, a social, the socialism in a, social, in a democratic sense. Uh, both uh, these th three issues are very relevant and they don't exclude each the other. Therefore, maybe there is an interesting uh, meeting uh, field uh, of the uh, big European traditions uh, and of the big uh, uh, in, uh, internal conflicts too between these families. Um, George, I want to ask you a more uh, purely literary question, though of course it has other ramifications. When I reviewed uh, the caseworker before we had ever met, I tried to imagine to myself, and it was not easy, of course, despite all the preconceptions that I may have about Eastern Europe, I tried to imagine to myself, what was it like to be a novelist and intellectual in Budapest at the moment that you wrote, and what were the available possibilities in literary terms for writing a book? And what struck me with the caseworker, the words that I would have used, the simple descriptives, would have been two words, graphic and density. Uh, your novels are very graphic. There is a great deal of pictorial vividness and density of impression. But you will forgive me, or maybe you won't forgive me, if I also say that in the second novel, in The City Builder, one sometimes feels a kind of overwhelming impress of uh, uh, one image piling on top of another. You feel some, at least I feel, as if I were drowning in a sea rich with images. And that's because you forgo, probably because you cannot believe in, you forgo as a novelist sustained narrative. I made this point when I reviewed the first book. Now, this isn't the trivial matter of being a modernist or an anti-modernist. I mean, that's for graduate seminars. This is a life and death question of whether a writer can suppose, even conditionally, that there is a pattern of meaning or significance in our lives, since I think that's the fundamental premise of narrative, that a sequence can imply order. In the, losers, in the Loser, you have a book which might at an earlier point, if you'd written that book earlier, I think you might have written it or been able to write it as a sustained traditional narrative. Now, and I'm not making any judgment that one is better than the other, now you seem to feel that it cannot be done, that you have to break time sequences, deny continuity. The Loser. But I wonder if there aren't in the loser also losses. That is a kind of traffic jam of images and incidents. I don't say this as a criticism since I cannot see that you have any alternative. But perhaps that's the price you have to pay for being who you are and where you live. Now my question is, Mr. Speaker, don't you think I'm right? <laughs> you are right. You are right. <laughs> it's not so happy for me that you are right. <laughs> no, I didn't think it was happy. 
uh, it seems to me that uh, I tried to have this density in uh, all my three novels. Uh, and uh, these were a different type of, sensity, uh, of densities. Uh, maybe in the first one I could uh, have a balance between narrative and uh, uh, you say graphic, I don't know, maybe uh, of uh, describing of, uh, of, the, uh, of the language metaphors. Mm -hmm. uh, description. Uh, but yeah. description as metaphor. Image. Uh, image. Uh, in the second one, image was overwhelming, uh, it's true, but I tried there have a, a more uh, philosophical approach to the same topic. So, uh, and the topic was a town, a whole town as a system, and I uh, could make a person from the town. Town, and uh, so uh, I received the po position of uh, of a narrator who is also the architect and the creator and the planner of this uh, town, okay. and the, the planner and the planified the power uh, with, the, with the topic of, uh, with the object of the power. Uh, it was this controversy which was uh, very important uh, for me in this time. Uh, I have maybe to say that uh, when I wrote uh, my first novel, The Caseworker, I done this work. I was a, a social assistant uh, for seven years. Uh, and then uh, later I was a an urban uh, soci uh, sociologist, and uh, so I could understand uh, uh, the, the system as a whole. Uh, uh, I traveled a lot, I had more experience about the, the whole life of the country. And uh, in the third one, uh, I wanted to touch the politics, the, the topic of the power as a, as a career, as as a variability of choices, and my poor hero uh, had to do all the, uh, the possible uh, ways and uh, adventures, and maybe I uh, give uh, I charged him too much. Uh, so these uh, stories uh, I tried here uh, make a density of the stories. Uh, so th this is the uh, third uh, kind of density. And uh, the writer, uh, I uh, must to say it, uh, uh, feels always that uh, it's a new kind of uh, uh, failure. Uh, <laughs> failure. Uh, uh, now I try uh, a fourth uh, kind of, uh, for densify this uh, enormous world which, around, which is around us and which we can't put uh, in a, uh, in a uh, relatively tiny book. Uh, and uh, this will be sure also a failure, but a different uh, one. Uh, and maybe this uh, series of, of failures gives some product, I don't know. One of the uh, observations that I, I made in, in reading The Loser was that there seemed to me a very sharp difference in feeling between the, 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 the portrait of 
of his past, particularly of his, of his grandparents and of the, the sort of traditional Jewish life that the grandfather was a, we say, a pillar of. He was an important, you know, he was the man in the community to whom the, the rabbis came on their travels to talk to. And, and the feeling with which that, that part of the, of T's life, he has no name, only an initial, which I want to ask you about too, uh, that that period of his life is invested with a kind of very positive feeling of, uh, of a man who, who is completely at home in his world and whose world, the world of Judaism, is at home in him. Then, as the career of his grandson goes forward, uh, and not very long after, once he really enters the world of high school and he gets shacks up in this brothel and gets into the resistance and so on, that, that the feeling that's invested with his earlier life changes to a kind of, of a very sardonic and highly protective irony. It's as though everything that's coming his way in the world is morally radioactive. And he wears his irony like, uh, like we wear those shields when we go to the dentist. You know, I don't, this country, we have x-rays now. They put this leaden robe on you to keep the radioactivity away from you and so on. And that, ex that the experience this man has seems to be successively poisoned by history until he reaches the point where the only sanctuary he has is in a mental hospital and the only human act, the only humane act left for him is to assist his brother in committing suicide. And this question of mine, uh, which I'm leading up to, is whether you feel uh, that this, in a way, accurately represents uh, your or, or, or many of the writers that you're associated with, at least in our minds, in Czechoslovakia, Yugoslavia, I'm thinking of someone like Daniel Kish, or of, of Kundera and, and, and uh, 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 Rabel, uh, uh, Bruno Schultz, and so on. Uh, whose work is so heavily wrapped in irony uh, that it, it's only the only way that whatever is left of, of sensibility can survive by being protected from, from the history or the politics that comes at you. Uh, but I'm curious to know if you were conscious of this contrast yourself between the portrait of the Jewish grandfather and this man's life as it then unfolds. life of his grandfather uh, uh, was easy. Uh, uh, I try now to speak Hungarian. That's going to be my failure. I have a great deal of nostalgia for the older bourgeois life. 
I have a certain nostalgia for 19th century life. It was a good life. It produced straight characters. Uh, people who didn't have to be broken during the course of their lives, who were because they were confronted with similar, with the same task, and was consistent. Uh, uh, they were, they were the successors. Uh, they were successors. What happened in the 20th century? History entered our living room. Uh, in the form of a bomb or in the form of an arresting officer. Surprise became a commonplace. If, 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 uh, if a man is confronted with a series of surprises, uh, ultimately becomes ridiculous. The surprises themselves become ridiculous. If, if the surprises are uncomfortable to boot. As, but, but because a, a zest for life remains, uh, the response to these surprises is with a kind of gallows humor. That's why it's not surprising that this gallows humor appears in the guise of the Budapest Jewish joke. It's the humor of, uh, of people to whom a great deal has happened, things which they didn't expect. And the curious thing is that these uh, Budapest Jewish jokes are made not only by Jews in Eastern uh, in a way, I see the whole of Hungary today as a country of gallows humor. This is uh, a mode of survival. And it gives, it, lend, it lends us a certain coziness, a cultured coziness. Without a certain kind of ironic style, you appear foolish. Stupid. Yeah, I also believe that we have uh, very good ancestors in this regard, from Gogol to Kafka. Not to mention Bulgakov. És azt hiszem, hogy amikor már nem lesz módunk akasztófa humorra, szegényebbek leszünk. And I believe that if we won't have a chance to produce uh, gallows humor, we'll be that much poorer for it. Um, to, just to carry this one step further, George, uh, many of the writers are not only men to whom everything has happened. Many of them were men who did some of the happening 
In other words, that, that a lot of the writers who we now associate with the resistance uh, to communism were very much involved with the coming of communism to Eastern Europe. For example, say Kundera, who, who was, you know, for a short period a member of the party, and that I, I take it that, you know, as in your own book, the, uh, the hero is not only, uh, was not only active in, in the, the early years of the, of the uh, communization of Hungary, but who has remained a, a participant in, in the government. And, uh, and it seems to me that, that possibly an added dimension of this irony uh, is, the f is a kind of self-irony as well, insofar as that, unlike the old Jewish man at the beginning of your book, who had nothing to do with power, that many of the writers, whether actively or at least in terms of their own early aspirations and dreams and ideology, were themselves radicals, were, th were themselves uh, young men who welcomed the coming of Eastern Europe, uh, particularly, say, in Hungary, and who must now be cynical partly as a defense against their own early idealism, which came to such a bitter and, in many cases, tragic uh, end. The heroes of my books up to now have always been men who are older than I am. I envy the generation that's older than myself. I always felt that those were the real men, those who were at least 20 years old at the time of the war. Who during the course of their lives had to experience the, death, the, the danger of death. Later, later on, I realized that I myself experienced that danger. Except that at that time, I was not an adult, but an 11-year-old child. I, somehow, I avoided becoming a communist. I also avoided becoming a prisoner. But there, I have a number of friends who, who were communists and who spent uh, quite a few years, a series of years, in prison. I know some wonderful people who were sincere then and who are still sincere. People who are, for example, one of whom is, is today the leader of uh, the opposition in Hungary. These people told me a great many stories, and I felt that they somehow expected me to do something with, with these stories. Uh, I, 
I, I somehow fulfilled a wish of theirs by writing this book. This is the, uh, the story of the book is not my book. It's not my story. I try to understand them from inside. Because I too was confronted by the same intellectual challenges ever since my childhood. De mert egy másik történet az enyém és a nemzedékemé, ma már annak a nemzedéknek a történetét érzem izgalmasabbnak, amely gyerekkorától fogva kommunizmusban But because my story is different from theirs, now I feel that, uh, that the story of, the, of that generation who spent uh, his, his childhood under communism, I feel that, that the story of that generation is more interesting. Uh, I feel that, that uh, great many interesting tasks lie ahead for this generation, generation during the rest of the century. Uh, this generation uh, has a more uh, has a harder and more cynical outlook on life. Ennek a nemzedéknek a reményei korábbi utópiákkal és ideológiákkal nem írhatók le. This the the uh, hopes of this generation cannot be described with the utopias of the previous age. Tehát Münhausen báróknak kell lenniük, akik a hajóknál fogva ránk húzzák ki magukat a mocsárból. Yeah, they have to become Baron Münchhausen, who, who, gra who, who, who brand themselves out of the, uh, of the Mars from, from, their, who, uh, from their hair. A mocsár erős, és nem csak a politikai represszió formájában jelentkezik. Uh, the, the mire, the bog, is, is quite strong, and it has a tendency to pull you down, not, not only because of the... Nem csak a politikai repressziók. And it appears not only in the form of political repression. Sok öngyilkos barátom van. I have a great many friends who committed suicide. Valahogy nem bírták. They could not take it. De nem a közvetlen politikai konfrontáció törte őket össze, valahogy belülről rancsolódtak. They were not destroyed by a direct contact with the political confrontation. Somehow they were destroyed from the inside. Magyarország az az ország, ahol legtöbbet isznak a világon. Talán Lengyelországgal vagyunk egyszerűen. Hungary is the country where people drink the most of, uh, in all of Europe. Perhaps Poland is ahead of us in in that regard, the only country that's ahead. Uh, the rate of suicide is also one of the highest in the world. <coughs> Simply to survive uh, every day is not an easy thing. Right now, people are interested in how to make 
uh, the most of everyday life. Uh, to, make, to make a good life for themselves on a day-to-day -day basis. Good. Irvin? I think the time has perhaps come to throw the floor open. Hmm? Sure. Throw, throw ahead. Uh, okay, we now come to the second half uh, of, of our conversation, namely your conversation with Mr. Conrad. Uh, and as I said it, we hope that you'll take advantage of the microphone in the aisle there. And uh, uh, I hardly can say to keep your questions short after the performance you've witnessed from, from this table, but uh, since we do want to get in as many questions as we can, uh, do try to, to be somewhat terse. Uh, Stanley, yeah. The Loser is a long, complex, intricate novel that builds a considerable length to one concluding word. The uh, novel being as successful as I think it is, no explanation of that word is really necessary. But would you like to say a little more now about that final monosyllabic word? Just say no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this last word, in case those of you who haven't read the novel, that's my edition, is no. The word no. It's an answer to the question uh, that's asked by the brother of the hero. Who asks the older brother, the hero, uh, whether he won't want to uh, commit suicide too with him? Yeah. I think the exact word is, "Do you want to come with me?" And the answer is no. Uh, my hero uh, resembles the hero of a picaresque novel. Who, like a jack-in-the-box, uh, has gone through a great many vicissitudes, but managed to bounce back every time. And finds uh, serenity uh, and calm in the insane asylum, uh, where he sort of worked his way in. Where he found his identity, finally. He can't fall any lower than that. In prison, he can still be a political prisoner, but intellectually, he's on par with the, uh, with the rest of them. One has to be crazy in order to be completely absent from the sta state culture. <laughs> 
uh, I worked for a short time in an in the same asylum, but not uh, as an inmate. És megpróbálom magam megvédeni a bolondok házának falain kívül, anélkül, hogy az állam kultúra része legyen. And I try to protect myself from uh, the insane asylum of society without, without, without becoming a part of the state culture. Ez nem egy könnyű játék. It's not an easy game. De úgy látom, hogy most van lehetőség arra, but it seems to me that there is a possibility now hogy az emberek szellemileg egészségesebbek legyenek éppen az államkultúra határain kívül, mint it, annak a részesei. But I feel now that it's possible to become somewhat more healthy outside of the bounds of the state culture than within it. Az elmúlt három évet Magyarországon töltöttem egy két éves hosszabb utazás után. I spent the last three years in Hungary after a two-year sojourn in the West. Barátaim főleg fiatalabbak voltak. My friends are mostly younger people. Úgy látom, hogy jól érzik magukat a bőrükben. Uh, I have the feeling that they, these younger people right now, uh, are feel good about themselves. Találnak maguknak feladatokat, amikben neurózisokkal bár, de de megállnak a lábukon. They find themselves tasks that uh, with at the cost of uh, um, through through all kinds of neurotic games, uh, but are able to stand on their own two feet. Az öngyilkosság útja ma a magas államtisztviselő útja. The road, the path of suicide is now, nowadays the path taken by the higher up, the higher functionaries. Ez végül is vidám dolog. After all, uh, this can be a gay thing. <coughs> yes. I'd like to ask this question to Mr. Soletarov, since he's a publisher, and Irving Howe. Is that possible? Yes. Uh, Always ask. Always ask. Uh, when Maxim Gorky was supposed to give a talk at the pa Park of Culture and Rest in Moscow, he said, Japan has to run freely and laugh or, or cry or whatever, but it's got to run freely. And since we cannot, since our writers cannot run our pen freely, therefore we are bum writers, but we are good actors. What we cannot express ourselves in words, we express ourselves in, 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 in our facial gesticulation and so on and so forth. However, there seems to be also a kind of a censuring, uh, if at all, even in, uh, in a democratic country. For example, if, if, uh, if a novel is written, uh, let's say, to the left, more or less, then he is subjected to, to uh, editors who may be uh, to the right. And if he writes a novel, let's say, that is to the right, then he's subjected to editors who may be to the left. 
And he... And you and see and a he, solution to that problem? And he has a problem. <laughs> and he has a problem here. How, how, how would you answer this kind of censuring? I think, Mr. Salatar, that falls in your department. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Howe. <laughs> uh, to answer you very candidly, and though you may not believe me, uh, I, I've not really seen a novel to edit since I've been editing novels that's tempted me in any way to exercise any political judgment, whether to the left or to the right. <laughs> the novels that I see, I, I find, are fairly apolitical. And as a result, I'm spared the dilemma that, that you're talking about. I, I kind of wish I were tempted sometimes to uh, maybe, if the next Ayn Rand came my way. <laughs> Pardon me? You can tempt me. I'm sure you can. Morris? I agree. I agree entirely with Mr. Solitarov. I was very struck by her early comment that uh, life in uh, Eastern Europe, far from presenting a monolithic opposition between freedom and repression, which would probably be a very sterile position for any writer, in fact, presents a wide range of choices of people who in varying degrees have situated themselves in relation to the state culture and so on. And I, uh, I, partic I particularly want to ask you what the special problems of a writer or of a citizen living in what is we hear to be the most liberal of all the repressive cultures of Eastern Europe, the one in which presumably as a result of, uh, of uh, 1956 and so on, uh, people have been bought off with consumer goods and with uh, a range of publications, I gather, available in Budapest that are not available in any other Eastern European capital and so on. Uh, this particularly uh, came to mind when there were three Hungarian films at this year's uh, New York Film Festival, and one of them I think was actually the very best film at the festival, so you may know it. might not be, be part of the answer to the question about a liberal repressive society that, uh, that I was asking. novel ends with a death. Uh, maybe a good film uh, ends also with a defeat. Uh, but uh, it's true that uh, those people who are living and who are the models continues their life and they don't think so that uh, uh, they have an everyday uh, experience of the defeat. Uh, the loss is big, uh, but society remains. Uh, so uh, it seems to me that uh, uh, in this film and uh, in some other uh, good works of the Eastern European liberal culture, uh, 
there is a possibility to, uh, to deal with complexity of the life. Uh, maybe my uh, choice that I avoided this uh, uh, field of, uh, uh, of legalized uh, expression was that I wanted to, to speak about stories about peoples and about uh, uh, <coughs> actions, uh, for example, 56, which are beyond the censorship. And uh, only a Hungarian and, and now living in Hungary can feel this uh, very sensitive uh, limits of the possibilities and of the non-possibilities. And maybe a Western uh, visitor uh, could have a lot of surprises uh, how it is uh, large, uh, the scale of possibilities. Uh, but uh, people who are there, uh, people who done this work and who are also friends of me, uh, they know what was possible and what was not in their scenario, in their uh, direction, in, in the realization of their, their work. Uh, it seems to, be, uh, to me very useful that there are uh, all, all these outsider works, and these outsider works uh, enlarges the terrain uh, for the insider work. So there is a banalization of the radicalism. Uh, and in a uh, good period, it's, uh, it goes uh, forward. Uh, in the Czech uh, case, it was not so. Uh, all the good film of uh, uh, Foreman, of Mansell, uh, uh, were legal film, the, uh, the, uh, the joke of Kundera and uh, three other books uh, was published in Czechoslovakia, and now they are non-novel, now they are eliminated from the scene. Uh, so uh, the legality uh, of the publication is not uh, a measure for the truth of a work. George, could you tell us something about the fate of your last novel, The Loser in Budapest, concretely today? Yes. I knew, uh, I, I began this book uh, after a, a little episode uh, uh, that uh, uh, with a friend of me, with uh, Professor Selin, Ivan Selin, who is now living in the United States and he's a full professor in Madison University of Wisconsin. Uh, he, we wrote a book, a common book, uh, about the road of intellectuals in Eastern Europe. It was a Samizdat book, and uh, we, uh, we wrote it uh, uh, in a funny way, clandestine, and maybe only uh, 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 the, the police knew that we are writing, writing it from the beginning. Uh, uh, but it is uh, the, the absurd and the uh, comic uh, and grotesque way of the clandestinity in, in our uh, work. So he was uh, for a short week arrested for this work, and after uh, this little arrestation, I had uh, some freedom. 
I was beyond uh, the publication's possibilities, so uh, I <coughs> eliminated all the uh, self-censorship, which make uh, uh, sometimes, which is uh, also useful for the work, because the limits uh, can also useful, but I, then I uh, didn't feel that the limits are useful for me, so <laughs> I uh, tried uh, to write a book uh, uh, which doesn't have any hope uh, uh, to be published. Uh, and uh, I finished it uh, evening work. <laughs> uh, and I came back uh, with the manuscripts, I gave the manuscripts to uh, my American, French, uh, German editor, and I came back to Hungary, and I waited what will happen. Not nothing. <laughs> the book was published, uh, and I gave also the manuscripts to the director of uh, uh, the Hungarian publishing house, uh, who published uh, two, the two other novel of me. Uh, he read it, and he said that it's a uh, uh, very good uh, novel, he likes it, uh, but uh, yes, of course we don't uh, negotiate about it seriously, and I uh, spared for him to refuse it formal, uh, formally, uh, because I knew that he has to refuse it. So it is published in a semi-sdet form, it does mean uh, some hundred uh, copies, uh, and maybe now it will be more than a thousand copies, published. It's a very hard work for young men, young people, uh, uh, but it is not uh, uh, permitted. Uh, some of these copies were confiscated, but however tolerated, so uh, a lot of um, uh, Hungarian readers uh, knows this book. Mm -hmm. Other questions? Yes. Go ahead, Yes, uh, uh, there is a new uh, publishing, independent publishing house, house it means two persons, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and some friends of them. Uh, and it's interesting uh, and uh, not completely understandable that uh, even after the uh, war state of Poland, uh, it became flourishing. Uh, but uh, the fact that uh, this same is that literature and th these institutions, these re reviews are living. Uh, uh, I, uh, ha I was in Warsaw in 80 November. Then uh, I uh, had a uh, verbal contract with uh, Miroslav Hoyeski, 
uh, and I spoke about uh, this problem also with Michnik. And I uh, uh, send it the, the, the manuscript into Poland. I don't know if it is there or not, but maybe I heard that, that they will get it. Uh, and maybe uh, they will do it. Yes. My question will be very brief. I wonder whether you could tell us, you spoke of a youth of today as being rather cynical. I wonder whether you could tell us what are some of the spaces in your country for spiritual life. Uh, when I was in the Soviet Union, uh, fairly recently in 74, I realized that some of the spaces for spiritual life and for freedom were in the church and that although they said that only old women went to church, this was not true and in fact I did see some young people and even some young men, but on the occasion of a very important uh, religious um, celebration, Easter, they were hiding in a special room behind the altar because the room was full of KGB officers. And so my question is, what are, religion I'm sure is not the only one, what are some of the spaces for the spiritual life in your country? There is uh, some renewal uh, of the spiritual life uh, in my country. It's not so rich. Uh, uh, there is a movement uh, uh, among ca Catholics uh, young Catholics are in some basis communities. Uh, it is uh, 10,000 people. There are... Conscientious objectors. Between them, among them. Uh, they have uh, their own uh, samizdat. Uh, they have their form of meeting. There are also different little churches uh, Young Jews uh, has also their seminaries, but the, uh, the church as a whole is not uh, very modern. Yes. I've been listening to you, and uh, let me tell you, I, I really was wondering whether to stand up or not. Uh, first of all, uh, I'd like to thank you for... Uh, I try to. Okay, I think I, I'm all right. So anyway, I, I don't think I will be short. Uh, you mentioned something that surprised me and amazed me and in a way pleased me. Uh, you mentioned that you were, you felt kind of envious for the older generation. Um, I myself coming from Hungary, and having been part of the state culture, just defected one and a half year ago. Uh, I really envied, have ever envied your generation, because I am the member of the post-war generation that was absolutely raised by the communist regime. And I hear. My question is, you mentioned that uh, during the last three years, there was a youth sense, or your friends and uh, other intellectuals sense 
but there was a kind of a change in uh, the spiritual approach of my generation. I'm wondering if it's due to the fact that there has been more possibility for a kind of a public uh, extension of a social research. I mean, by this I mean that access to truth and the sociology or facts in sociology has, made, has been made more available for my generation because that was the basic question of people who kind of had a, a better conscience. Am I clear? Thank you very much. Uh, I can see that the last 20 years uh, uh, was not full of events in the Hungarian history. Uh, uh, the people who were uh, uh, judged, uh, uh, sentenced uh, to prison came out in '63 uh, from the prisons. So it is 20 years and uh, uh, people have some security. In a, uh, secret, uh, in a sure life, uh, there are organic uh, uh, processes. Uh, in this organic process, it's uh, uh, very natural that also uh, social sciences uh, are uh, developing. But the main problem is that uh, the young people doesn't know this fear uh, this uh, inner terror, uh, what the elder knows. And uh, so they do normally uh, what was forbidden uh, uh, in the earlier life of uh, our system. Uh, so they don't uh, feel this danger. Uh, for them it is very, uh, very uh, easy and uh, what they are doing. Uh, so uh, when there is no new catastrophes, uh, the way follows in this sense. Uh, yeah. What your impressions of life in the United States are? Generally. All what I can to say is banality. <laughs> your, your banality or our banality? Uh, we really can't end on that note, I think. <laughs> Any one final question? Uh, that was really a very profound remark that he just statement. made. Yeah. Uh, as a follow-up to that question, I'd like to ask whether you think uh, your books or the books of your contemporaries in East Europe uh, have a possibility to be, to be read by the intelligent non-East European origin Americans here. Do you think that your books can become accepted by the, the intelligent reading public here? It depends on them. <laughs> <laughs> right.
Thank you, thank you for coming. Uh, I guess there'll be that thing downstairs. Yeah, yeah, there'll be a reception for Mr. Conrad. Down